Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Well, today it's going to be you and I solo, or me solo with you, (laughs) and I'm going to be opening up my heart to you. I don't usually do this. In fact, I probably hardly ever do this, but there's so much on my mind. There is so much that is driving me right now, and so much so that it's making my own radio schedule all topsy-turvy as I'm moving over into doing more video interviews, and I'm going to tell you why. But on this show, I, want to, I really do want to share my heart with you and what's on my mind, because I think that what we're going through today, and again, I want to make this very, very clear, it doesn't matter whether you choose to get vaccinated, you got the vax, you didn't get the vax, you don't want to get the vax, irrelevant. What matters is, is that we're all in this together. We are all suffering lockdowns. We are all suffering uh, sh- uh, shortages, if, if, the, if, uh, if that's happening in your area. We are all suffering having to wear masks or put them on our kids or being restricted in travel, or if we're traveling, having to wear a mask, etc., etc. Irrelevant whether you had the COVID, didn't have COVID yet, etc. We're all in this together. But my point is, and I'm I'm sorry that I'm bringing this to the level of memes, but memes are so effective because they get straight to the heart of the matter without any clutter. And the latest one I posted on my Facebook page is... A state of emergency that lasts two years is no longer a state of emergency. It's a dictatorship. I want to repeat that. A state of emergency that lasts two years is no longer a state of emergency. It is a dictatorship. I'm going to go into things that are happening here in Israel, my feelings, what's happening around the world, my feelings, and, um, and I want to urge you to watch uh, the video interviews that I've been doing lately as well. My music's on. I got to go. We'll be right back. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. All right, we're back here at the Tamariano Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. 
You know, one of the reasons I don't usually like to go solo is number one, I like to learn from people, and you you learn from people by speaking with other people. Another reason is I get stage fright still after all these years. I keep wondering, will I have enough to? Will I have enough uh, of what to say? Will there be dead air, etc.? And what always happens is is that. I don't have enough time. And, but, you know, it has, has to register from the brain to the heart or the heart to the brain, whatever. Um, I'm here with you today, solo. I want to say hi to everybody who is listening in from all over the world. Let me just go over the countries. It gives me nachat. It gives me a, a very wonderful, good feeling when I see people listening from all over the world, from all over the United States. I see from, of course, Israel, Germany. Belgium, Honduras, Algeria, Norway, Canada, the Virgin Islands, wow, the Czech Republic, uh, Honduras, I I said Honduras, right, Um, it's great to see you from all over, look at Beverly Hills, California, I don't know who you are, I can just see kind of like what tower, what area you're listening from, and it's really wonderful to see all these people listening in from all over the world. All right, saying that, I have um, had a, um, trying to to express this, because I don't write scripts. I write a few notes, and then I just go on it. And I, I, I have so much that is weighing on me, and I didn't really write it out. But, Well, let me start out again, I, I guess, with the meme that I read to you in the beginning of the show. And that is a state of emergency that lasts for two years is no longer a state of emergency. It is a dictatorship. There's another great meme that went around. I hope that you've seen it because you would have gotten a giggle out of it. It's of the Twilight Zone with a picture of Rod Serling, and it, he says, Imagine a virus so deadly, you must be tested to know if you have it. I'm going to read that again. Imagine a virus so deadly, you must be tested to know if you have it. I want to start actually from this, from this uh, sentence, because... When this all happened around 24 uh, 24 months ago, two years ago approximately, we didn't know what was going on. We saw these frightening, horrid videos coming out of China with people dropping dead in the street or bodies lined on the street. And we didn't know what we were dealing with. When the virus, the coronavirus, which is real, I don't deny it. It is real. I've had it. My entire family has had it. But when the coronavirus finally reached the um, Israel, at least, in uh, it was around March of 2020, I believe, and we had our first lockdown, and Benjamin Netanyahu was still the prime minister at that time. And we went into lockdown, and after that, other countries like Domino's started to go also into lockdown. And we saw pictures going around the world, videos of cities that were just standing majestically. There were 
no cars going down the street. There were, there was silence. There was no movement, just majestic buildings and towers and roads and landscapes and silence as everybody voluntarily stayed in their homes to beat the coronavirus. And I remember it was a feeling of awesomeness to see the world just stop. It was almost like a Shabbat, a Sabbath for the world. And it was a, it was a feeling a very special feeling also because we were all doing it together. It was a, an effort of all of humankind, all of mankind working together against something that was deadly and that was going to threaten our existence. And we were worried about grandma and grandpa and our neighbor, because even if we didn't have symptoms, God forbid we should go out without a mask for necessities, even, you know, necessities just to go shopping to bring food to your table and not wear a mask. Of course you wore a mask because even maybe, maybe you had it and you didn't know and you can give it to somebody else and then they would die. And how would you feel about that? So there was a special energy in the world where mankind, and this is just my feeling, had come together to do something great. Just a moment. Had to fix the control here. But then... Time went on. And we went to another lockdown. Now, by the time the second lockdown came, people kind of like had it under our belt. We kind of knew it. We were more familiar with it. And we knew where we could go out more and do things that we needed to do or even wanted to do, etc. And then by the third lockdown, it was just annoying Etc. cetera, et cetera. And it just got like that worse and worse and worse. And then the governments would tell you, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask inside. You have to wear a mask even when you're outside, even if you're alone outside. We, not that it made any sense, but we saw images on television of police arresting people because they were outside by themselves, but they weren't wearing a mask. And the police were coming down the street and they saw them. And we were thinking, this is crazy. But still, we were in this together. And so we just thought, well, they're being overzealous. And, and it's crazy and they should calm down a bit. But, you know, still, we are dealing with something extremely deadly, etc. And more time went on. And there are masks and then double masks. There was never a double mask uh, mandate here in Israel. There wasn't even a, a double mask suggestion here in Israel, but we did see it happening in the States with Fauci. Um, it started to get routine, mundane, annoying. People's businesses started to go under. And people started to get coronavirus and they survived. Now, I know people who have died 
supposedly, and I say supposedly because sadly, and I say this sadly, we can't always trust what our government tells us. Because we find out as time goes on. And I, you know, I want to say I'm a person who's always on the news. It's my job. And so I will see stories. I will see reports that I will acknowledge. I read it. I hear you. But I'm not there yet. I don't really accept it. I th- I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure whether really to believe it. Um, I hear you, but I'm not there yet. It takes me time. And I think that that's a positive thing. I don't just believe something because it comes across my desk. But after experience, after seeing what's going on, after knowing history, after interviewing experts, doctors, uh, professors, lawyers, scientists, I get to a pretty good picture. Oh, should I say I also interviewed victims of either uh, taking the vaccine or victims of people who, whose parents were killed. I shouldn't say killed. Let me be more benevolent. People whose parents died from having corona or a derivative of corona because they were given the wrong treatment or they weren't given any treatment. And that's how most of the deaths of corona that I have seen for reports. Now, you may have a different story, but when I hear people come to me, Tamar, I know people who died from corona and you're making light of it. And I tell them, They probably died because they weren't treated. Corona can be the demise of someone if it's not treated and if they have other uh, comorbidities, if they're overweight, if they're older, if they have other problems, heart, diabetes, kidney, whatever their problems might be. And if it's not treated... Yeah, they can die. And they have died. And some of them have died, I believe, at the hands of doctors who either refused to treat them until it was too late. And when they did treat them, treated them without the right protocol, without the right treatment. They went from what the hospital said, give them remdesivir. Remdesivir, we know today, is a very dangerous drug. Causes kidney failure. I know two people who died after being uh, receiving this. All right, I have to go for a break. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. I have a lot more to say and share. Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. 
But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For a Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. All right, we're back at the Tamar Yunus Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you hear my voice being very low or like a morning voice, it is. I'm sick. I have a cold. Maybe I don't. I want to say that we are living in a time where we have to stand up and we have to fight evil. And we have to find the wisdom and the courage to do it. And we have to pray for the wisdom and the courage to do it. And it's not easy. I may be losing listeners because I might be angering people because this is a very, very sensitive topic. Most all of the shows that I do are on this topic. And I realize I may be losing listeners. But my friends, I have never, never done radio to be popular, to be famous, to do anything except for to fight for Israel and to bring Israel's narrative to the world. But I have to tell you, even that has taken second place now. When I see what is happening to all of us, all of humanity, doesn't matter whether you're in Israel or Germany or Australia or Antarctica or the North Pole. The world has become a global world, which doesn't have to be bad, but it is it has become bad because of the people who are running it. Unity is a very positive thing. But if you have a Hitler running it, it is not. If you have the Messiah running it, it's very good. We have to choose our leaders. We have to show God who we really believe in. Do we believe in him or quote-unquote Fauci and quote-unquote the science and quote-unquote our governments? And I know this is something that a lot of people don't want to go there. They don't want to think that their own governments are lying to them, are manipulating them, are using them as pawns, do not value them or their lives or their children. But let's be rational about this and look back in history and let's see, have governments always had its citizens 
at the forefront of concern? Let's look at China. China who enslaves its own citizens, who tells its own citizens if they can have children and procreate. Procreation was the first mitzvah that God gave to man was procreation. And if you believe in God, then you believe that he is abundant in his giving and that he can afford to have this world support every holy soul that is born into this world. And we don't need people like eugenicists who believe that the world can only sustain a certain amount of people and therefore we have to bring the population down. Now, of course, they don't go out and say, I'm going to start and then kill themselves. No, they want other people to stop having children. Bill Gates, you know, I was thinking this this week. Bill Gates, who always talks about overpopulation, he had a program that regularly is uh, shown on Fox News, if you're overseas, with his wife, Melinda Gates, talking about programs that they run in Africa, empowering parents to be able to time their births so they can have better lives, etc. They always blanket it and market it with these lovely things like planned parenthood and, um, you know, improving lives, etc. But basically, it's preventing people from having children. People that might want it. If you don't want to have a child, don't have a child. But then I thought, you know, Bill Gates, if he's so worried about overpopulation, why does he have kids? He doesn't have one kid. I think he's got, how many kids does he have? Three kids? Four kids? Why is it rules for thee but not for me? But I digress. When you look in history, you see many times governments have killed their own citizens. They might have done it in their eyes, not maliciously. You have the United States government who did the light bulb experiment. I forget the exact name of it. Where they broke a light bulb in a New York subway filled with some type of toxins to see how fast it would spread, how many people would get it and how many people would die from it. And they rationalized that they needed to do this because they needed to use bio-warfare, and they need to see how far and how effective it is. And so if it kills a few people, so be it. It's not that they want to, but that's the cost of having a country and having defense. Now, they didn't do it to their neighborhood. They did it to the subways of New York. Because some animals are more equal than other animals. If you haven't read 1984, read it. If you're too lazy to read it, watch the movie. It's up on YouTube. You look at the Soviet Union who killed millions of their own people through starvation. They did it because... They had their reasons. No one wants to believe that they're evil. You see, you and I can't imagine that our government would do something against us because we don't think like that. We were never raised like that to devalue other people's lives. We were brought up and raised to 
appreciate people, to be inclusive, to be friendly, to want to learn from each other, to have the pursuit of happiness, not the pursuit of power. Some people are brought up with the pursuit of power. They tell their kids, there are two types of people in this world. There's the wolves and the sheep. Which are you going to be? I want to go back for a moment to the light bulb experiment that they had in America. And I want to explain it like this. Maybe you can understand it better, how people can kill people. And not physically kill people, but have them killed, have them die, know they're going to die. When you are a general in an army and you know that you have to take a hill and you know that with, with all of your intelligent, uh, intelligence that you have, in order to capture that hill, you're going to need, let's say, 100 troops. And out of the 100 troops, according to your intelligence that you've gathered, you're probably going to lose 30 of them, which means that 70 will survive. That might be for you what's called an acceptable loss. However, if your um, other military officials came around the table and said, if we took 100 men, which is all we've got, and we try to take that hill, we're going to be slaughtered. Only maybe 10 will survive, and we can't afford to lose 90% of our troops. So then you say that's an unacceptable loss, and you don't take the hill. You, you look for a different battle plan. So there are cases where you know you are sending people to their deaths, but it's an acceptable loss. Now, for the United States government, it was an acceptable loss to see because they wanted to know how far their bioweapon would go and how effective it would be. And they figured... From their research and their guess, their educated guess, that it would kill maybe a certain amount of people, but we need to test it. And it would be an acceptable loss of their population. No matter if it's your father or your husband or your wife or your child. Israel has done things to its population when it accepted its immigrants from Morocco, from Yemen. We had leftists who were in charge here. It is not a Jewish thing to do. It wasn't a Jewish thing to do. But we had Jews who left their Judaism. They converted to leftism. They were the new thinkers. They were communists. And in communism, the individual is not important. It is the collective that is important. So human life does not have the same value that you and I hold for it. And so they can afford also to do nasty things to its population. Like radiate their heads for lice, supposedly, to see if it will kill the lice, but to see what it would do, etc., etc., Many governments around the world, whether they're Western governments, Western democracies, or communist, or whatever, 
will do things to their population if it is of their interest. Whether it's from fear, whether it's from power, whether it's for money. But it's happened throughout history, and we're looking at this logically and factually. We'll be right back. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the No Nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. All right, we're back here at the Tamariana Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I am sharing with you the thing that I think is the most important thing in the world today, and that is to recognize the time of history we are experiencing right now and that we are in, and that we need to choose sides. And it's not easy, because I see it this way. And this is my opinion, and you have a right to agree or disagree. That's fine. We were in a pandemic. We didn't know what was going on. Today we know more. Today we know that there is proven treatment for COVID. We know that 99.97% percent of the people, healthy people who get COVID will recover from it. Those are pretty good odds. Oh, excuse me. They will recover from it without any treatment whatsoever. The ones who are taking it hard, if they get treatment, will also most likely, almost 100%, survive it as well. I have personal experience with that. When my whole family got COVID, four generations, from my 90-some-year-old parents to my seven-month-old baby at that time, grandbaby, I should say, we all had it. And my mother, who suffers from heart uh, disease, she has a heart uh, pacemaker as well. She has diabetes. She's overweight. She has kidney failure. I'm telling you my whole uh, medical history here. She survived it. Didn't even need hospitalization. She almost did. I was. I mean, when I say almost, it means that I was getting worried. And I was thinking maybe I should call call an ambulance. But I gave her the protocol, and she got better. 
And the protocol is something that anybody can get. Go to your health food store. You need, according to Dr. Zelenko and other doctors, you need some quercetin in order to open up your cells so the zinc can get in because zinc is what fights viruses. You need vitamin D. Your body needs that. They say it's not cold season, it's lack of vitamin D season. And the doctors today are stressing how important vitamin D is to keep up your immune system. Because after all, it's not drugs that cure us, it's our immune system. And the drugs can sometimes assist our immune system. But if you don't have an immune system, then you're not going to survive any disease. That's what AIDS is. It's autoimmune deficiency. And guess who made your immune system? Our creator. So to rely on the science, which constantly changes, by the way, and an honest science does often constantly change because science is challenging, asking questions, doing experiments over and over and over again until you get the same results all the time. But here, the science lies to us. Well, I shouldn't say the science does, but perhaps those who are running the experiments. You know, they say that there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there's statistics. If you read a book called Vaccines Revealed, I think in that book they tell tell about how vaccine or pharmaceutical companies can often change the appearance of the data of safety of their drugs and or vaccines. Let's say they do a research uh, following up on um, a vaccine or a drug and they, they do a year and a half research to see if there's any adverse effects. And they see that after 18 months, a year and a half, a lot of people start either dying or start developing serious diseases because of their drug, then in order to uh, smooth that over, they might say, well, how many people were suffering this after a year? Not 18 months, but after 12 months. And they might say, oh, it was only this, this amount. So if I remember correctly, and you're invited to read the book yourself, Vaccines Revealed. If I remember correctly, they said, well, let's cut it at uh, 12 months. And at 12 months, we can, you know, can't they just then say it's safe and effective? Could they be lying? No, they have the data for after 12 months. Um, most people aren't sick from it, but after 18 months, oh, that's a different story. So you see that there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. We know that today people's moral values have dwindled down. There is less people going to worship in churches and synagogues today and uh, mosques, etc. More and more, the world is hugely secular in Western society. And with secularism, in my opinion, comes a dwindling of morals and values, and it's more what's in it for me 
And how am I going to benefit from this rather than there's a God in this world and we have to serve him and make the world a better place. And there are maybe things that I want to do, but we don't do it because God said not to, like adultery, like stealing, etc. But you see stealing rampant today. Now, I doubt that the people who are going out and busting into stores and stealing things off the shelves blazonly or brazenly, I would imagine they don't go to church. They don't, they don't have a fear of God. There were always crimes throughout history, but to what we, what we are seeing today, especially in the secular societies of the Western democracies, or I should say, especially the United States, where the left has really taken over under Biden, under Black Lives Matter, under Antifa, under lack of applying the law, you see more and more brazenness, more and more crime, more and more violence. And the government is not cracking down, and it could. Instead, they're cracking down on what they call domestic terrorism because it threatens the left. And I think that we need to think and understand today that the left is basically people who are denying God. Under communism, you weren't allowed to believe in God. You had to believe in the state. And today in, a, in the United States, under the leftism there, if you're a religious person, they laugh at you. You're primitive. You're a dope. You're not hip, you're not cool, you're not, you're, you're a provincial person and you're not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Part of the elite class. You don't see the elite today being God-fearing people. So what's to hold them back from doing anything that might hurt other people, but they can rationalize it all away to themselves? So you're going to have people who go into politics and become corrupt. And it's very easy to become corrupt, especially in politics, when you need money to run your campaigns and you need money to run your programs and you need money in order to impress other people. And I see I'm running out of time in this show and it really bums me out because I have so much to say. I have so much, so much to say that it's all I want to talk about. And I have to force myself to talk about other topics. But I think that this is the biggest hurdle that we're facing today, all of mankind. This tyranny this giving away of our rights, trusting our governments. And I say again, not out of hatred, out of sadness. Because our, I want to love my government. I want to love all the other governments around the world and say, wow, look what they're doing right. Look at all, they're taking care of their people. And we're all in this together, etc. But that's not what's happening. We see the corruption we see the two-facedness in our politicians. We see laws for thee, but not for me. Or laws for thee, but yes, laws for thee, but not for me. We see it, and yet we still close our eyes to it and deny that 
something's wrong here that we need to choose sides against from darkness against the light. We have to choose the side of light. The side of light is God and what he says. He created the world. He created us. He knows what's best for us. He knows what the best society can be for us when we're moral and we care about another person and not take bribes and not become corrupt and not try to climb the social ladder even though you know it's fruitless. I have so much more to say. I'm going to continue tomorrow at the same time on my show because it's so important what I have to say. It's so important that's the only thing I want to talk to you about because it's so important, because it's not just for us but for our children, because it could be a matter of life and death. And I am not being dramatic. I'll be back tomorrow. Shalom. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.